Hey guys, and welcome to the Let's Put It Into Words podcast with your co-host Maria. And your co-host Gabby. So let's put it into words. And we're recording. We're recording. Bro, (laughs) the struggle was real. The actual struggle was not supporting us there. Like, was I meant to be a producer in my my actual, in my life? Probably not. You know, I was actually looking at Tolly T, this is so random, this is a small introduction of producing i was looking at Tony t because she's like producing a lot of um, yeah, podcasts well. lately and i'm just like is it really that hard but i don't get it it is I hard because what you do as a pod- like not a podcaster as a um producer i think you just have to like manage the recordings and you edit i believe uh... i'm not sure but anyway guys welcome back to the new episode we have a special special guest with us today <laughs> Aki. do you want to introduce Hi. yourself so, my name's Aki, and what, what am I going to say? I've never introduced myself to something. <laughs> I know, it's, it's weird. Aki basically has own. What do I say? I have a podcast as well. What's your yeah. podcast called? Tell the people. Um, I have a podcast called The One Podcast, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Nice, nice. How's your week been? How's the week been, guys? Tell me. Chilled. I want to find it. So it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> to be honest um, with you, I feel like it's just gone so quick. I feel like the yeah. I feel like this lockdown has gone so quick. It yeah, has. It has. It it's really not been has. like the last one at all. I mean, that was mm. like three, four months, wasn't it? Yeah, that was excessive. This one was short and sweet, but like it was still, I feel like difficult because it's like the option. Like we don't have the option, whereas before we did no before we didn't have the option, but like the week before we had the option to do things, and then all of a sudden we're in lockdown. Mm. So I think that adjustment can be quite like I don't know hard but definitely hard I just don't I feel like my weeks have just blended so quickly like it's been like three weeks and I've started a new job and I'm, I'm just like how when did that when did that even happen like how how did that even happen Literally. it's December Are you guys ready for Christmas no <laughs> no I am. I'm so ready well I I'm ready it's not like I've got anyone's presence but I feel like I know what I want to get people. I feel like it needs to be postponed. Like, I feel like we need to push it back a couple so weeks. in January. <laughs> yeah, January. like, I feel like it's just come around really quick. Like, weren't we just in March? And now we're in Honestly. December. Wasn't I in Nigeria, like, a few months ago, living my Literally. best? And now I'm just, like, going through quarantines and lockdowns and not being able to enjoy life. I think, exactly. it's, I think it's just gone so quick. Like, I just don't know where the weeks are going and then after like Christmas it's New Year and I'm just like where did the year even go like it's gonna be 2021 so weird so weird but I feel like there's nothing nothing's really gonna change in 2021 it's I feel like it's gonna be like a ra- random always thing of every three months you're gonna go in lockdown yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. nothing's I gonna change I wouldn't be surprised if they did do another lockdown anyway like I wouldn't be surprised after Christmas they just say we're going to do another one. And I have a feeling that if they do do another lockdown in Jan, it's going to be till March. That's I agree. I think I it's going to be... But a... do you know what? I don't mind that too much because I hate January, February, March. Like, I really don't... January like, goes on for to years. Do. You yeah. know? And everyone's breaking January. So now everyone can save money. Everyone can just save their money because everyone's like, you're stretching that December pay for in January because mm. you're going... You kind of still oh, yeah. go out. But it's like, in January, you can just... You locked in. No shops are open, mm. so you're not missing out on anything, which is cool. Yeah. So basically, okay. today's topic is all about being BAME, even though I hate the word BAME, but like 
the culture in the UK, like as we've seen in the past like couple of weeks, especially with the Sainsbury's advert and how people are saying how this is not a this is not British, this is not a British Christmas because yeah. they have a black family on the on the TV screen. I feel like the main question is my question is to you, Aki. How do you feel like it is living in the UK and like the cultural differences there are, and, like, the struggles? Like, what struggles do you experience being who you are? Mm. Um, Maybe for content, give people your background. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's a great start. Um, so, obviously, I'm Bengali and I am Muslim as well. So, it's kind of like a double whammy for me because being Bengali, obviously, because I'm someone of colour, you know, mm-hmm. and then also my religion as well. So, it kind of like it's much more difficult I want to say because if I'm not judged by the color of my skin then I'm judged by my religion I can't win either way I can't win either way so at this point I've just given up (laughs) so I'm just like I can't win but I think saying like I feel like with my own experiences and stuff like that like luckily like growing up I didn't get that much racial you know, like mm. slurs or, you know, like the abuse or I haven't, you know, had it. But as I'm growing up, I'm starting to see certain things like the microaggressions mm. and like certain comments being made. And it's mm. just like, you know, and it's just the way that I think it's not being portrayed in a good way because I think with Asians, like a lot of people just think because, oh, I'm Asian, especially being a South Asian woman, I am just mm. fitted into one category. So, you know, like, you know, people think that Indians and Pakistanis and Gujaratis and Muslims and like Bengalis and everything, they're all one thing. Like yeah. Indians, everything, like we're all one thing, but we're really not. Like mm. we all have our own ethnicity, we have our own religion as well. So we're all from different backgrounds, whether we like it or not. Like, mm. I have. That reminds me of, sorry, that literally reminds me when people refer back to Africa as one place. It's like, it's not. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, oh Africa you're from Africa is that no well I am but I'm not at the same yeah. time you know, it's, it's one of those type of things you know like how Morocco is also part of Africa as well yeah you know mm. like stuff like that people don't even realize that and they're just like oh you're part of the Middle East and like no they're not <laughs> they're actually yeah. part of Africa, Africa so it's, yeah. it's, it's stuff like that so for me I've never had that kind of difficulty in that sense um growing up because I guess you know like we was in like an open environment and in my area there was there was like you know a lot of different races as well it wasn't like oh I was in like an Asian predominantly Asian area I was actually I would like to say the area that I'm in is actually more white than anything so I've never had that type of thing there'll be the odd few occasion here or there where people will say certain things to me but growing up in the environment I have been has it's not been easy but it's not been hard but I think I find it difficult now where to place myself as an individual. Yeah, I agree with that. Because as well. I don't know, I don't know where to put myself. I'm just like, where do I put myself? Because you know, like it, it, it's always one of those type of things. You know, like when you have a heated argument with your parents. I don't know if you guys ever had that. You know, like when you're having like a proper, full-on argument with your mom yeah. or your dad, yeah, and they're like, it's because we're in this area. You, you know, like you're following yeah. their culture. Their <laughs> thing. You're just like, oh. it's not that. It's just I'm seeing what I'm seeing right now, and this is what it is. Mm. But I think now I'm at that position in my life where I'm just like. 
I can distinguish the, the, the two. So I can separate, you know, my Asian life and my British side yeah. of me. It's, mm. it's hard because obviously we are the first gens. Um, I'm guessing in Maria's case, you're, that's the same for you as well, the first gen mm. to be here, mm. to go to university, to have a full education, to do yeah. everything. Whereas our parents, they've come from back home and they probably come to the UK at a young age. My parents both came at a young age here. They mm. studied here. They've got their, you know, like GCSEs, whatever, back then, whatever they were called. They got all of those things. But it's still like they still have that mentality a bit of back home and how they used to be over there. So yeah. for them, it's hard for them to process it. And I think also, you know, like how as the new gen, we find it really difficult with a lot of things and we find more pressure on ourselves. Like as a mm. 20, 20, the 20 bracket I'm talking about, we mm. yeah, put more pressure on ourselves now because we expect ourselves to be this way, that way. You know, like the, all the things that you want to be as a 20 year old, you think of all these things. Yeah. But if I was to explain that to my mom and dad, they'd be like, why are you stressing for? You know, like they don't mm. understand that because for them, it was just like, we're happy, we're content, we got a job and stuff like that. But for our generation, it's the survival of the fittest. Yeah, it really is. So I also like agree with what you said when it was like you you're more aware of kind of I guess being different, which I hate saying, but Mm. it's essentially the conversation now than when you were younger. Because I'm similar to you, where like I wasn't bullied for the color of my skin or bullied Mm. for being different or anything like that. But I think now as I'm older, I'm I'm probably more aware of it, and I'm actually more aware of how other people perceive me. So Mm. that for me is what I'm now navigating. It's actually like okay, so you see a mixed race girl, do you think I'm going to be loud? Do you think I'm going to be chatty? Like, do you know what I mean? So how am I going to navigate that now as an adult moving forward? I think that for me has been the the one thing that I would definitely say something that we are, well, I am going through now, especially in my 20s where I'm actually defining what I want in my life as well. No, that's so true. I, and do you know the funniest thing is, obviously, I grew up, Obviously, I'm black. <laughs> and I grew up in a predominantly white area. And I feel like we all grew up in we predominantly, did, predominantly yeah. white, white areas. Obviously, being black when I was younger as well, I never really... I probably had, like, the one encounter of racism. Mm. And that was probably it, like, throughout my primary school and high school. And I remember the one time that it happened, I really came home crying. I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah. came home crying, and my mum was like, why are you crying? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, cool. I'm not gonna cry but um yeah obviously it just obviously my mum kind of was was like reassuring me like don't let them whatever they said like kind of get you down but then also when I started like applying for jobs in my career stage of my life that you kind of realize well like it you have to work 10 times harder to achieve achieve anything Mm -hmm. and I think that's one thing which I've always had that idea of I always have to work harder no matter what because I know that I'm not a white girl from wherever who yeah. has blonde hair who fits the stereo like the stereotype image of yeah. what a company wants yeah so it's always trying to like make that difference and I feel like that's what I try to do as like a young child but obviously like you said like with culture culture I'm always gonna represent my culture and I from day dot like from when I was in high school probably not primary school because I probably didn't really understand it all but yeah. <laughs> from like high school times I was definitely saying oh when people, when people would ask where am I from I'd be like I'm Nigerian I would never hide from that mm-hmm. and it's just sad to think that people younger well people back then would not say that they're 
Nigerian or they wouldn't say they're from a certain country. They will st- they'll start making it up. They'll start saying, oh, I'm from Jamaica because maybe that was like yeah, a, that was so a, funny. a pleasing place. Or I yeah. don't know for you, Aki, maybe they'll say they're from Dubai because that seems very like luxurious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then people like associate yeah. African, like Nigeria anyway, people don't assume that it's a, it's a wealthy country, but you just when you associate Africa, you just poverty associate what you see. Yeah, you yeah. associate poverty, and I it's think, just like yeah, it's really it. not. It's not. <laughs> I think that's what it is because that's what they do. Even like back home as well, they show them the most poorest part, but then there's also the most like expensive, like rich parts of mm-hmm. you know back home in Bangladesh. But I think now that you guys are saying that, like I'm actually proper thinking about, it, and I think I had like what's that word? There's a word that they say. It's like I think, I don't know what it is. It's like, um, I forgot what it's called. It's like culture, like difference or something like that. Like a clash. Not even that. What's it called? It's called like, um, oh, it's so, it's like on my mind, but I can't even say it. It's like um, identity crisis. That's Uh, it. Right. That's it. (laughs) That was like, what's it called? (laughs) But Yeah. yeah, like I actually feel like growing up, I had like identity crisis because I didn't know where to put myself. And, um I am one of those type of people where I I can't fit in with Asians I struggle with it I really do and this is me being really honest like I haven't even told this even on my own podcast (laughs) I struggle with the Asian side because Mm -hmm. I am so far from that like the whole mentality of the way Asians can be Mm -hmm. you know like the the colorism that goes on in our, you know, like in our ethnicity in South Asian mm. community, eth- like colorism is a big thing, mm. and I, I don't relate to that. I don't relate to the fact of the way that they think. I'm not one of those chatty pies. I'm really not a chatty pie, and <laughs> Maria can vouch for that because I'm not one of those type of people where I will be talking about other people's business. It's not my thing. Like I just mind my own, mm. and I think because of that, and I'm very outgoing and uh, like. I'm very honest when it comes to certain things. So if you ask me for something or ask me an opinion or if you're telling me what's right and wrong, I'm going to say it to you. And because of that, I can come across as like, oh, she's one of those ones that where she just like thinks she's it because I'm saying the truth. But it's nothing like that. And I can see how in the Asian community, I will look like one of those type of girls. Well, they like to call them coconuts. But, you know, there you go. I'm not, I really am not that. But then again, I wouldn't put myself with even like the white culture I wouldn't even do that because I'm nothing like that and I'm nothing like Mm -hmm. I'm just me no I totally get and I think that's what it is like you know when when you're in that type of situation you you have the identity crisis where you just don't know what's going on and you're Mm -hmm. just like you're, you're trying to figure out where do you put yourself and I still till this day I don't know where to put myself like it's no, I, agree it that I don't well. know because I'm 25 years that. old I don't know where I'd wear yeah. to put myself <laughs> yeah no I can I can relate because obviously I'm mixed so my mum is obviously black African and my dad is whiter than white I grew up mm. in Cambridgeshire which we all speak a certain way you know like it's a different lifestyle so like for me that's been younger I didn't care I was who I was but actually when I'm getting older I'm like I don't know where I fit anymore because mm. I'm not like the way I think is not whiter than white like I have a very strong like I don't know like my morals just come from like my African side mm. but then sometimes I'm like I don't know like when I go back home I see how my cousins are and I'm not exact I'm not identical mm. to my cousins in regards to how we do things so it's like 
it's just it's just one of those where it's like I completely can like resonate with that because when you're mixed you literally are like a mix of two people and a mix of two races but I think to be honest with you as I've grown up I've realized that I just resonate a lot more with my African side like but it's just one of those where it's like it's like you don't sound like that or you don't act like that or you don't Mm. eat food like that and then it's like oh okay so maybe I don't like okay so I go to my English side and I don't listen to their music and I don't resonate with any side of that so sometimes it can be one of those where it's like you just have to be confident in who you are as an individual and take what you have and then that's how I've managed to deal with it because it can be honestly a bit of a like I don't know, like a head fuck after a while. Because you're like, I don't know where I fit in this. And world. I think that's what it is because obviously where I've come from, you know, like I went to an all girls high school. So where I've gone to right. an all girls high school, I've like all the girls in my high school were predominantly white. That's that's right. a fact. Like I would want to say eighty five percent of them were white. When I mm. started um, high school, I think the Asian friends that I had there we were like the small minority we were probably like we probably made like eight nine percent of that you know the rest of the remaining that's left and the rest were either black or latinos and you know all everything you know it's like that but we were the minority that little gap left of 15 percent was us so Mm. it was it's hard as well because i don't my family are not like that that type of asian type of people where they're like all together you know like what I mean that type of thing whereas I know with with obviously an African culture as well you guys always gather together when it comes to that's things. really interesting because yeah. I would always think like Asian <laughs> cultures they're very like yeah like you guys are together <laughs> time, like everyone loves each other you guys no, no not just we, stigma we secretly but, you know hate I mean? them we secretly hate them <laughs> because I feel like from the outside looking into an Asian culture it's like mm-hmm. everyone is very much you guys integrated no to be rude nah, everyone everyone, like everyone in that part. gathering hates each other man I'm telling you that for a fact <laughs> they all hate oh each my other. gosh so it's funny. a lie it's a lie Mate, that's what, I guess that's what being a family is all about though because you just you can't let the outside know that you guys are beefing. You got to, to stay strong. No, but really. I do. I do feel like when it comes to being black, sometimes we are so like you're this, you're that. I'm from Ghana. I'm from Nigeria. I'm from Kenya. I'm from here. Very much against each other. So it's not always like a community. Yeah, I, I get where you're where you're coming from, and I think that's the same with um, Asian community as well. I feel like sometimes you know, we have our own little thing. And you know, like, I don't know for you guys, but in Bangladesh, we have like different like counties, like, you know, like how we have like different counties, we have like different counties yeah. over there. So, you know, like them people get along more with their people. And it's just one of those type of things, isn't it? Yeah. It's just no, like, you can't win, you can't win either way. But I feel like growing up, I did have that sort of identity crisis where I didn't know where to put myself or where to place myself. So mm. I kind of, gave up and then I'm now I'm just like let me just find my own identity yeah that's very interesting that you guys experience like small small identity crisis but another thing that's kind of like run through my mind in terms of like culture and growing up in the UK being black you know being BAME quote unquote Mm -hmm. I think it's like okay my parents have brought me up in a one way it's like would I do the same with my children like would I be to be honest my parents weren't strict in a way but would I be the same way my parents were with me to my kids 
In what you sense? Know? Like, what, in the what sense of, like, there's certain things that you, I don't know, for me anyways, like, you don't get really get taught by an African parent about certain topics. Right. I can't, from the top of my head, I can't actually name one. But there's, like, certain topics that African parent wouldn't talk to you about. For example, let's talk about, let's talk about, <laughs> I don't know. What are you what? That almost got me nervous. That only got me nervous. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. But then let's talk about sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about savings because savings can actually be like. I don't know. There's like there's a there was a survey that I saw and it was saying basically how like black people in terms of like savings and like buying houses they weren't like one of the highest people. But then even like with white people they weren't one of the highest you had like the asian people that was really high or like money like i feel like money is sometimes can be like a sore topic in yeah. um in like certain cultures yeah. and like that's just one teaching like oh would you be like very open in, with your kids and just so like they're prepared because i feel like i wouldn't say i was thrown in the deep end but you, there are some experiences that you kind of just experience by yourself but yeah, I kind of I would want my child to just like know as much example. as they can and if they have any questions like just come to me and just be like credit probably credit you know like there's certain things that they just don't teach you in school and sometimes at home there's that there's that stigma I don't know it's not about stigma but it's just like sometimes okay cool like let's say well with our parents they've come from another country and they've come they've Mate, they've struggled they've worked yeah. hard and can we just thank god to our parents because bro yeah. they've, they've really it. like they've done a lot for us even to be they've been through it and it's like we're not going to go through that same struggles so it's like what struggles are we what are we going to teach our kids so they don't have to struggle in that yeah. kind of sense do you mean do you know what i mean but i think with our parents though like like my mom didn't come to this country with money. Do you know what I mean? So mm, it's like, yeah. it's like she can't teach something that she also didn't really know. Do you, like, yeah. no, and I yeah, also I think there's a massive thing where in African culture, it's like you just work hard full stop, regardless of how little mm-hmm. you're getting paid or how much you're getting paid, you work hard. Whereas now we're like, how can I get the most amount of money with as little work as possible? You know? Because we just don't understand this working hard mentality. Like we've seen how our parents are tired and exhausted and whatnot. Mm. So it's like that our, our mentality is different. So I guess they can't really teach us something that they don't really understand themselves. Yeah, and obviously that's themselves. not even their fault. That's not even their fault. But it's like, okay, cool, they didn't teach us. But it's like, I feel like it's definitely our duty for us as parents to be in the future, to like teach our kids about different things of working hard. Like yeah. actually having a decent credit. It's not, you can have money, but then you actually need to work for that money. It's not just about posting pictures on Instagram. Because really, <laughs> really, I feel like I talk about social media all the time. But genuinely, social media will take over all of our lives. So it's yeah. like, it's not all about that. And I think it's just something to remember and it's just like I just need to you need to kind of like instill that in your kids from day dot to kind of still have the traditional mindsets because that could definitely get lost because I'm so for like modern um, traditional teaching but also you kind of still need to have those traditional um, teachings to your kids. I think one thing like going back to the money thing is like that's how you have generational wealth so I was watching The Mm. Crown the other day and um, she was talking the Queen was talking to one of her sons about like some money that he inherited and what to do with it and she Mm. was like put it into a savings account he was like yeah sure of course I'm gonna do that of course I'm gonna do that but like at his age at 18 if I was given generational wealth I don't think the first thing I'd have thought of oh yeah I'm gonna put it into an ISA like I'm Mm. just thinking what is the latest designer thing I can buy (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like I I don't know I think that's something that we don't think of generational wealth but we 
well we do now but our parents didn't but I think now mm. we're going to be that generation that will change that and teach that in our kids and are doing a lot now yeah. for our mm. future I also future think family. that um these type of things what we're learning now as adults we never even had an inkling that these type of stuff even happen and you know like certain things we we were never aware of it and I feel like these are stuff that kids should know from a young age like you know like when they're making us do the yeah those PHSC classes and stuff like that you know like Teach us this type of stuff. Yeah. Teach us about mortgage. Teach us about, you know, like ISA accounts, savings, you mm. know, banking, whatever it is. What's yeah. the best thing to do? Like, I feel like now as adults, we don't know these things. I still, like, half of the stuff I don't even know. Like, if you were to tell yeah. me, like, t- talk to me about buying a house and the process, I'll be like, I don't know. I really don't know. I really mm. don't know yeah right. it's been through research that i know about certain things about like yeah like duty yeah. and all that kind there's of stuff there's so much money that goes into buying a property like you're just paying let's just say that the house is like quarter of a million yeah and then on top of that with the stamp duty with the lawyers yeah. the solicitors whatever you're doing and all that stuff that's another 20k yeah i know yeah. it's mad so, it's actually mad you know like it's one of those type of things where no. we i've never got taught these type of things like honestly like the value of you know saving up and stuff like that although like when i was young i had a savings account i i had a savings account when i was really young but mm. i just knew that that was something that i put my money in and i just I didn't know why. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was never taught yeah. that as to why we're doing this. It's just, you're saving up your money. That's it. No, I agree. What other teachings would you say, like, are important that our parents might not have, I guess, been, like, didn't know, especially in like this country? a lot of parents are in denial. Or I feel like, I feel like a lot of parents About... are in denial oh, wow. or the fact that they blindside certain things and they sugarcoat it and make it look like it's all fancy and unicorns um, in the sense where, you know, like my, mm. my parents never, ever sat down and ever spoke to me about mental health, never told me that there will be a point in your life, especially oh, with yeah. people of colour like us, you know, like it's barely sp- tell me one time where you have all sat down and your parents have said to you let's talk about mental health and anxiety ever never never yeah, so there no, you go never. That, that's yeah, it never. they will not sit down with us and talk to us that you know yeah. there might be a point in your life where you feel really low and you just don't know what to do and if it does get to this point here's an open space you can come and talk to us about it you know, like it's um, yeah. it's an open platform where mm. you can come and speak to us about whatever you're going through. But I never knew half of the stuff that I know about mental health and anxiety until what, like three years ago and via people actually telling me their stories yeah. of what they've been going through. And I think a lot of, especially people like, you know, Asians, Blacks, I feel like in that community, it's like forbidden to talk about it. That thing doesn't even exist in our, you know, like ethnicity. Mental health is just a something. Yeah. 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 It goes yeah. down to prayer. Pray. Like, no pray it's like, if they're like, oh, yeah, there's a mental yeah. health problem. It's like, just pray about it. It'll go. Just go. But it's like, no, sometimes you actually yeah. just, people just need to express themselves yeah, sometimes yeah. and just help, like, say things how it is. And I, one thing I also feel sorry for, like, we're ladies, but then guys definitely have it, like, yeah. 10 times harder than we yeah, probably do yeah. in terms of like mental health because guys do struggle to like express themselves and just be like share their feelings you know how like people we say men are trash but it's like 
they just don't know how to express themselves so if they yeah. had the opportunity or like guidance when they were younger to express themselves like, I feel like men they are been... the most men are most likely to do commit suicide out of the two genders it's mainly men that do, that commit suicide and especially mm, there's a high yeah. um rates for people black men asian men it's a lot it's it's more than white men let's just say that and i think in you know like obviously yeah. as i don't i i don't know i'm just going to base it on the fact that i from what i've heard from white people is that they have told me like you know mental health is spoken about in this house like you know you know they're 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 freely talking about it they i don't know like it's a difficult conversation to even have now because we're just like we don't have enough i don't have enough info to be like this is for fact this is what it is but i'm only going based on the fact that when I had a conversation with one of my friends about mental health and we spoke about it, he was saying to me, he was saying to me, he's like, I had the opportunity to talk about my mental health with my family. So I'm probably one out of millions or thousands of Mm -hmm. Asians that have family like that. But what about the people that don't have parents like mine, that they can talk about these type of things because men are out here suffering in silence. And luckily for us girls, we've got girls groups. So we, Mm -hmm. I can call you or I can call someone else and I can just literally have a conversation with them and not have to worry about anything. Whereas men, they see it, some men see it as a form of weakness that they actually are going through something and they, they're struggling to deal with it, whatever it could be. So I think, you know, Although, like, you know, we, it's very, like, you know, we know about it and it's out there. We know that men are going through stuff, but also it's not my responsibility to be dealing with men because you guys, they have, no, 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 no. Oh my God. <laughs> no, sorry, but the way you just it's said not, that, like, that's not my responsibility. That's a new problem. I'm such a bad bitch, but I oh don't, you know, I have to say, I don't care. I really don't care because at the end of the day, if you think about it, where men are in the world and where women are in the world, we stay quiet with a lot of stuff and men have a bigger platform where they can talk about certain things and they have access to everything, okay? They, yeah, no, 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 they do. Do you think? I feel like nowadays, like, more guys, more females, well, I feel like nowadays more females are expressing themselves. Well, they find it very easy. Like, it's only recently that I've started to see more platforms for men that where they're able to express themselves i genuinely feel like obviously guys being guys and whatever but they i feel like they do. probably do have it hard duh because guys but that's their they, problem. they struggle to but even communicate with their own friends like, that's their problem no 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 you girl no, i think i know what you mean i think you're saying like you need to deal with exactly. that especially when it comes to relationships like if you don't know get into relationship yeah. if you know that you've got baggage and you've got an issue like we all struggle with mental health and i think it's just about how do we know how to navigate it or are we going to now put that burden on my it's literally wife one of those things. Yeah. Like, like at the same we time, about when it? think about it. Okay, fair enough. Cool. You know, like um, if my let's just say for example, my future husband came up to me and said to me, "Babe, I'm going through something. I don't know what to do. I'm talking to you about my problem, and I will, I will legit, I will sit there, I will listen to him, and then my next thing I'm going to say to him is, "What are you going to do about it?" What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because you've just come no, and yeah, spoke to me true. about your issues. Okay, 
I love you and I'm proud of the fact that you came and told me. But the next plan of action is what are you planning to do to change the way that you feel? Because if you don't change something, then mm. it's going to affect the relationships around you and it's going to affect me and you definitely. And it's going to affect everything else around you. But then what if they're also coming? This is a very interesting topic because what if they're also coming to you because they don't know what to do? So are you going to be like... I will book you a therapist. At the end of the day, like, I guess being in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I will book... I'm, so you're not gonna. No, I'm not. You're not gonna to like that. be a there's helping a, hand. Th- that's why there's professionals. <laughs> that's why there's professionals. How? Because literally, there's only so much I can understand him, and then there's gonna be a point where I can't get through to him anymore. But I guess no, it, I it's it. the first. No, I get. I get your point. But I feel like the first. I feel like there's like loads of stages that goes before you book. A, before you book a therapist, it's like one of those ones where you give your opinion, you share your thoughts, and it's like if you don't understand it that way, then it's like there's no point yeah. in you coming to me, which I understand. If you've given your feed, or if you've given like, if you've shared how you feel like someone should handle a situation, and they still are struggling, or they're still like not being able to like cope, but it's like there's only so much that one it- person can do. So I actually actually know someone um, that he's mixed and his wife is a black female and basically she he's suffering right now with mental health problems and Mm. part of that is because he has no idea where he fits in in this world his mum's mixed race he doesn't know his dad and I can speak on this because it's not like a direct person it's like someone I know of and they're not going to mm-hmm. listen to this but um and he's really struggling he's having like a huge identity crisis he's like I don't know who my dad is I need to know who my dad is da, 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 da. like he doesn't know if he's African Jamaican he has no idea and now it's affected his wife who's just given birth like the child is under one years old and she's like I've got my own stuff like I'm bringing up our son right now like Mm. I don't know where I can provide you support when I'm trying to provide support for myself like I'm going back to work like what can we do and I think it's really he had to get help and they found out that he does suffer with depression um and it's something that he's essentially always dealt with but I guess having kind of recently got married to quite a successful woman as well and having their first child it's just kind of brought on like this like identity crisis but when I was hearing about this story I was like I understand and I'm really sorry that he is going through that but at the same time you've just given birth like there comes a point where like Mm. you're like in your 30s now do you know what I mean like you've had all your life to question this and now all of a sudden the mother of your child needs you yeah. and you're having an identity crisis and you're you're not vacant you're not there you're not able to support because you're going through your own thing and like yeah. she didn't know what to do like because she's like I, I, I'm fine like I don't have this I can't relate to you and I guess it's just like a fine line really like it's one of those like thankfully they've managed to sort it out because he's gotten the help he needs but it's like what can you do like I don't know it's one of those I think you only really know what to do when you cross that bridge and I can be incredibly damaging stuff like this as well when you're going through a mental you know mental health problems or whether you have depression whether you have anxiety it could be anything whatever it is under under the category of mental health whatever Mm. you have there's only so much you can do to help that person you can you can be that person where they can come to and you can hear them out but then also I'm only saying this because for me right now, my mental health and my sanity is really important. So I need to protect my mental health as well as try and protect you as well. So where do we draw a line and I say enough's Mm. enough and now you need to go and 
get help. It depends. Like like you said, different scenarios, different situations. I can't say to you that if it's something minor that my yeah. you know my partner comes and says to me like, oh, I'm sad because um, the, the property I wanted to buy didn't go through or whatever it is. It could be something like that. Yeah, I'll be like, pull yeah. your big man pants up mm. and move. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You'll find something else. Yeah. But if he genuinely yeah. comes and says to me, I'm going through something. I think I have unresolved trauma from my childhood or my you know teenage years then I will say to him I was like this is beyond my help that I can help you now you need to go and find someone to help you professionally Mm, so that you can talk to them and they can you can go down to the deep rooted issues as to what's going on and maybe once you figured out that then that's going to help other the other relationships around you as well because it it, it technically does stem stem from Mm. that you know, like when people have deep-rooted issues, it affects all the relationships that they have. And once they undig all that stuff up, they start to realise where they are maybe going wrong or maybe they could have dealt with stuff in a different situation, like in a different, you know, like how would they deal with it? How would mm. they make it better? Whatever mm. it is that they can do. But like I said to you, I know it sounds really harsh. And if any men are listening to this, I'm sorry, but it really is not my problem. It really is not my problem. <laughs> I love men, but it's not my problem. Because at the end of the day, like I need to protect myself. Yeah. So if I'm going to look like a bad person and yeah. selfish for that, mm. I'm more than happy to be that person because I need to protect myself before I go out and fill other people's cups up. You can't be an empty glass trying to pour into another glass when you have nothing to give. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. But let me just say something like, I love the NHS for everything they've done during COVID and and everything but this is actually now so personal so I decided that I wanted to go and get help for my own personal mental health and it wasn't like I don't have depression or anything like that but I just always see the glass half empty like I find it really hard to see very like much good in what I'm doing or things around me like there is for me always something that isn't right and I was like this isn't normal and I was kept going to my boyfriend and I was getting really upset and getting really kind of miserable and I was noticing that there was mm. very little he could actually do to help me so I was like okay cool I'm just gonna go and see what's going on I was struggling with my anxiety let me just say that the NHS are so rubbish when it comes huh. to this like I'm not even joking they were like because I was like cool I'm happy to go and get a therapist if I need to get a therapist should I pay or should I get one on the NHS no don't pay get one on the NHS Mm. it's been since June like have I had a therapy session like no I've been on some waiting list yeah I've heard that that there's a long ass waiting list so it's like but by that point like imagine if things for me were really severe like they're not Mm, I just want to know why I'm suffering from anxiety like where does it come from and it was like And but imagine if you are in a really bad position where you are thinking of like taking your life or yeah. like you know you seriously do need help like then what's going to happen to that person because they are mm. not well equipped at all for this and I don't know I I kind of I'm annoyed with it but it's kind of like I guess people aren't well equipped we're not yeah. like that advanced in mental health I just than think, we actually probably um, think we this are. is coming from my mm. personal experience as well so about three years ago um when I was going through like severe depression anxiety like I was actually scared because I didn't know what I what what I could do do you know what I mean Mm. it gets to that point where you're just like okay I feel like I'm losing control of myself like I don't know I think my my 
my thoughts have overtaken me as a person so at that mm. point I just didn't know so I remember I actually called 111 up and they said to me that you need to go to your GP once I went to my GP they actually turned around and said to me you know like if you wanted to go down the medication route or whether you want to go and see someone and at that point I was like no I'm not taking no medication because yeah. I know the side effects of it and I just didn't want to get myself in that position yeah so yeah. once I spoke to her it took me like three four days to go to my GP after that phone call that I did because I was actually I was shook <laughs> I was so yeah. scared <laughs> I was so scared to go so when I went like they were literally just like you know you have to go through your local NHS, which is like uplift. We call it uplift here. So I don't know in other places they might call it different something else. Mm. But when I went through uplift and I was telling them about the situation, they were just like, yep, you've got severe depression and anxiety. Um, They were just like, you know, we can give you CBT therapy, which is basically like online. Do you do it online? Um, And then they also turned around and said to me that, in, for you to have a one-to-one session you're going to have to wait eight months and at that yeah point, so that's what they months. said to me as wow. well so they've done the online thing and honestly I'm not gonna lie it's just not what I want when you say online like what is that like what are you so doing like resources work oh. workshops type of thing like to yeah better mindfulness type of thing what they want to so do you're like you're reading art I don't know what you're doing like you're not talking you're not communicating with anyone no, no. interesting so basically what it was after that situation I was just like at that point I was still at university and we have a center of well-being so I went down the uni route but they could only provide me five sessions of therapy after that they're just like we're gonna have to let you go back to the you know like to your own you know borough and what you can figure out from there but then even that I didn't I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait for eight months. And I spoke to my GP, I was like, in eight months, you want me to wait for eight months? What if I kill myself in these eight months? Yeah, it's you know true. I mean? like, like, it doesn't mind. make any, it is It is honestly really, really bad. So and bad. the only like, the only option you can have really is then to pay for it privately, but that's yeah. like 50 pounds a session. Like your average person who's probably going through something doesn't have 50 pounds. Like why is mental Mostly, health so most, expensive? Yeah. <laughs> and most of the things like that cause mental health and all these depression is sometimes related to money. So it's money, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are asking for money when these people don't even have money to like give. It's like, that it's, it's a sticky one. And it's just, it's a sad one as well because it's just like how, how would the world or even the UK even approve in such but a time for like mental health, and especially in this yeah. year as well. Like this and year th- has been crazy. I think it's also got to do with how much you really feel like you need to talk to someone and how much your the severity of the point that you feel that you have crossed now. I think as humans, we know when we've crossed a threshold of boundaries and limits and we're like, this is getting too much now. If I don't yeah. target this now, then I don't know what I can do type of thing. So for me, yeah. it got to that point where after my five sessions when I was done at uni, I was like, no, I need to find someone and luckily I did find someone and yeah it is private and I am paying the person privately like literally Mm. it's one of the best investments that I've ever done in my life and I'm going to tell you that now for a fact so I don't want to say the price how much is it ranging you can do the ranging price because I'm very curious to know how much like a therapy session so a therapy session can go from 60 to 80 pounds yeah Okay. okay so if you find someone for 50 keep them <laughs> yeah keep them if you find someone for 50 great but I don't regret a single 
penny that I have spent on my therapy sessions at all Mm. and literally like I had a session not long ago with my therapist and I was talking to her and I was we're just doing we do like this thing where we reflect back and we see like how far I've come because sometimes I forget how far I've come as an individual Mm. so Mm. when we was doing that she was just saying to me she's like you know you've come a long way in three years and out of curiosity I actually asked I was like how many sessions have I done with you and she was like we're in the 60s now oh wow yeah Jesus. so we're in the 60s and I I literally like I got my calculator out and I was doing like the, like, the figures of how much I spent and I was like oh my god I could have bought a Chanel bag <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you at least you know it's worth it and it was yeah. put to good use yeah, as well so, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't regret the money that I spent on it because it's it was it's one of the best things ever and I think if I didn't have therapy and I didn't have my therapist then I wouldn't have made it in life yeah. as far as I've oh, come really? now yeah I don't think I would have and it's it yeah. sounds it's so weird even saying it so freely now because it's got to that point where I can now proudly say that I have gone through something and I've come out of the better side of it and yeah, thank I'm God. not scared I'm not scared to say that it has been difficult but at mm. the same time, if you feel like it's got to that point where you do need to talk to someone and you can't wait for like eight, nine, ten months, you got to do what you got to do because you come first. No one's yeah. going to care for you the way you will care for yourself. So sometimes if you are able to pay for the sessions, you know, if you if you can afford it and stuff like that, then do it. Do it like, you know, and don't even think about you putting that money like you can buy something else because you paying for your own mental well-being and sanity is priceless. Mm. You can't put a price on that. You know what I mean? Therapies are very interesting. I feel like no one should like people do find it like there's a whole stigma behind it. And I feel like in this day and age, especially, it's just everyone's like, oh, yeah, I've got a I've got a therapist. It's very calm. Like it should be like Mm. a. it's not it shouldn't be shocking for anyone to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really like been in that situation where I had to look for one but I feel like I still I still need one like everyone needs a therapist because we've yeah, all we've all been through time. situations in life but we just I'm because I know for myself like I block out things so it's like the fact that I block out things I definitely need a therapist you know what I mean mm. but um yeah I think it's... it unlocks a lot and I really do feel like if people were more open to it they will be able to also just be better human beings like there are mm. so many people that need it that don't think that they need it but are confused as to why they are the way they are and it's like because you've got yeah. things that you need to deal with that you're ignoring yeah. um and that is very prominent I can only really speak for the black community but it's so prominent in the black community especially of our men like mm. they don't want to talk about it they don't want they don't want to tell someone that they're you know feeling a certain way but mm. Aki I just wanted to know like was your is your therapist like white that's what I was gonna ask you yeah <laughs> I was gonna ask the same question because I know that there's a whole thing I know that I won't be able to communicate to a white therapist yeah, a white man a male therapist in, in particular and a white woman therapist I'm so it's not, like, I know it has to be yeah a... I'm not going to disclose what ethnicity she is but I will tell okay. you it's a she and okay. I will say that she's um I want to say in her I want to say in her early 30s okay. so she's she's um but is yeah. she does she know like can she relate to what you you might be experiencing and saying enough for you to feel comfortable to disclose we're, some things? So we're from two different opposite worlds, right? Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So right. she 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 doesn't 
she wouldn't be able to touch on what I've been going through, but she she okay. understands the dynamics of mm. it. So I think, to be honest with you, regardless of what therapist you find, and it's really weird because I I speak about this a lot with my therapist, and I say to her, she goes, what drawed you towards me? Like, mm. why did you come to me? And I was just like, I literally, there was literally a profiles of therapist and I literally looked at her face and I was like she looks like someone I can talk to and we just gelled within the first conversation we had that's another that's an important thing as well because you will go through a few therapists I think I went around I think I had like three therapists before her and you need to find the person that gets you and understands Mm. you and is able to give you the responses that you kind of want and need not someone that says well tell me how your day was so what how do you feel about that you know Mm. she's far from it you know what I mean she's far from it she doesn't do that type of stuff she actually we actually have like a proper full-on conversation it took me a long time to to open up to my therapist and Mm. she said to me she was like when I when we first started it took it took me a while to break through to you because I'm very strong as an individual it takes me a long time to open up to people like a I struggle I am not a feeling type of person as soon as I start talking about my feelings I get into my feelings too much and I might start crying so I don't like doing that (laughs) do you know what I mean one of those ones I'm like I don't want to (laughs) cry you know what I mean yeah she's one of those type of people but regardless of what color she is what her age is if you find someone that you think that you can talk to and gel to regardless of their ethnicity they're going to see it from how you are telling them because it's Mm -hmm. a unbut it's not it's not a biased person like they don't know your life do you know what I mean they're literally it's like a whole new person a clean slate that's what it's like so I think people forget that when you do therapy and stuff like that it's not meant to be like they're from your same background and same ethnicity so they can fully understand what you're going through. Actually, it's much better if you find someone that's not mm. from your background and stuff like yeah, that. Sure. And if you feel like you can talk to a male, talk to a male. But I preferred a woman because yeah, I feel like women think... understand women a bit more. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but at the same time, like you remember it in that way where when you're talking to someone, it's a whole clean slate. You're telling them mm-hmm. your life from your eyes and they're, they're seeing it from the way you're telling them. You're sharing your world with them and your yeah. world is very private and, you know, you, it's a safe place, isn't it? You're, you're, yeah, this is your own life. This is your own world. So you're sharing it with someone. So when whenever someone talks to me about therapy and finding therapists, I'm always like, find the right person that you really can share your world with because... Mm our worlds are already confusing as it is. We just mm. need someone to help us compartmentalize and put it in the boxes that they're meant to go in. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you just yeah. want to get someone that helps you put certain things in the boxes that need to be put in and put it away. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm. really, it's really private and it's a really personal thing. So I would definitely say to people that if you want to do therapy, just bear in mind certain things because it's, it's difficult. Therapy is yeah. one of the most exhausting things that you will ever do in your life. And I say it to people so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've come out of a therapy session feeling exhausted. 
Mm. Because yeah, I've heard it takes so much out of you. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. But it it depends. You know what I mean? Everyone's experience is different. Everyone's way of dealing with things is different. Like for me, it was really hard. Maybe for you, it's going to be a bit more easier. You know what I mean? But you Mm. are going to have to deal with those demons that you've locked away. That's all I'm saying. no it is good to know like I've never really spoken to someone that has kind of I guess gone through it and experienced it like from the conversations I've had so far because they do like assign you someone but it's just not someone that really gets into those kind of like nitty gritties um Mm. that you kind of want but yeah like I don't know I I'm kind of like scared to do it just because I don't really want to unlock something that I've never really had to deal with that's my my fear as well yeah like something that you just don't want to do but yeah it's just I guess that's the only way you can really heal like do it when you're ready when you're ready to but when would you ever know you're ready for therapy when you're about to like like when would you ever know I feel like it's always says when you ever when you have that when you have that thought oh I feel like I need therapy just do it I'm saying that yeah. like I've actually been therapy, but yeah, I feel like I think therapy's always been in the back of my mind, and I feel like I've always being the youngest as well. I feel like there's just something about being the youngest. people. <laughs> you know might, they might say this about being the oldest, but I feel like there's something about being the youngest. Just, Why yeah. do you feel like there's an expectation that you need to live up to? Yeah, I feel like there's always comparisons. Right. Yeah, but that's just being the youngest. But anyway. That's been this week's episode, guys. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it wasn't too deep for you guys. But it's also a conversation that we always need to have, like talking about mental health and just talking about like growing up BAME. Even if you might not be in the BAME community, just understanding what they experience and what we experience, should I say. But Aki, do you want to like share your profiles and? <laughs> yeah, um, this is so weird that I'm doing this for me. Like I'm so <laughs> used to saying to people, tell them everything. Um, so you can find me on the One Podcast. So if you type in on Instagram, the One Podcast underscore, that's there. And then my own personal one, which is just Aki Katoon. And then yeah, that's it. And my podcast is obviously called the One Podcast. Um, and that's all I have to say. Thank you for having me, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Thank you it feels so nice to be me. a guest. It feels so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no thank you for so much for coming on and like Aki said we're going to leave everything in the description box well, actually she didn't say that but we're going to leave everything <laughs> in the description box so you can find her and then yeah along with some resources as well that you can kind of help if you are dealing with anything to do with mental health too yeah definitely cool. bye. thanks guys bye, bye.